0: Ah! <laughs>
1: And welcome to another episode of Soundtracking. It's August, and August to us means sports. I guess none of us watch them, but it seems like a sports time. Uh, so we're going to talk about the greatest sports movie that's ever been made: basketball uh, and yeah, yeah. the soundtrack to basketball. Which, Scott, do you know what out what record label put out this soundtrack? No, Mojo Records. This was a Mojo Records soundtrack. <laughs> Should that Uh,
0: mean anything to me? I'm sorry. Mojo
1: Records is like the label that like Goldfinger and like all of these other ska bands from the 90s were on. That explains. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's I think it's the only soundtrack that they ever put out, but uh, it's a fucking fantastic soundtrack. Actually, I listened to it yesterday while I was driving to New Jersey. Uh, So let's dive right in. Kicks off with Take On Me cover, Real Big Fish. This was like a... You couldn't avoid this cover when it came out. It was a pretty huge hit, actually.
0: And this is, in my opinion, the all-time best punk or ska cover ever. Yeah, I have trouble thinking off the top of my head of one to just did encounter. Tri- I tried to come up with other ones. I went through my, my iTunes and some shit on the original... Um, Punk Goes Pop is good. The original feel- Punk Goes Pop is super
1: underappreciated as an album because the rest of those yeah, albums were it's trash.
0: Diminishing returns of yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the
2: later albums. There, there's uh, some gold but, mines in the later albums though that that get over the, that, the rest like, of the albums
1: But but what I'm saying is like the rest of the albums was like one one to two good songs, whereas like Punk Goes Metal and Punk Goes Pop were like legitimately good
2: records. Do you ever think a band yeah. that everything forced- else? Yeah, do you think a band was, like, forced to be on those ever? Because I ever... Uh, oh, yeah. Because, like, say anything... Doing... Seem
1: to not give a shit about their cover. Oh, yeah, when he fucking...
0: did... That's fucking... He... Baby, yeah, I got bitch, your money. maybe uh, got your money. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. yeah, but that's the thing is that I feel like that was totally Bemis' idea. Because he was like, this will be funny to fuck with people. Yeah. is a yeah. prick like that. Yeah. But I, I know for a fact that
1: in the later albums... The later albums of that franchise, one of the biggest issues with them is that they basically would go on MySpace, find a band that had a lot of MySpace followers, and basically be like, Hey, do you wanna be on Punk Goes Pop? We'll give you like four hundred dollars to cover a song. And they with that four hundred dollars they had to also pay for their own studio time. Like it was like so that's why a lot of it sounds like trash. Like it was like That's so like funny. So but, other... is that true? I so I'm basing that, is that off true of information. Or is that true or assumption? That's based on information given to me by a kid who briefly interned at the record label, but he also really hated his time there, so it could be, like, a biased lie. But based on the fact that half of those bands don't even have wiki pages, I don't find it impossible to believe that, hey, MySpace is really popular, there's these bands that have a ton of listeners, let's just get these bands for cheap to, like, do these covers and it'll sell our record. Like,
0: it was, uh... You know, I'd probably take him up on that offer too if I was some MySpace band. Yeah, if, just to get exposure. Doing, yeah, <laughs> I, when I was doing Ichabod Crane and we had like fifty thousand followers on MySpace, which means absolutely jack squat because nobody's heard of us now. But yeah. you know, like back in two thousand seven, if if uh, whatever label that was came to me and was like, "Here, do a do a metal cover of something," I would jumped at the chance.
1: Yeah, just because your name would even if it was like 10% like 50% of the bands were MySpace garbage that no one had heard of, there'd still be the other 50% of the band that's like, oh, this could be with like Big Wig or like Stretch Armstrong or some some band that has like notable fans where people would be exposed to my band.
0: So this is this is the thought process for me. Yes, it would be awesome to be on a, a comp with big bands that I love and respect, but more than that it would be an excuse for me to do a cover, and yeah. I, like everybody that listens to this uh, knows. Well, everybody that that is on Patreon knows that that gets the, the newsletter knows that I fucking love doing covers. And well, you're lucky because there's about four of them on this album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but like, what I like is finding a cover. And I was talking to Megan about this um, when we were. T- I was telling her that we were going to do a basketball. Uh, episode of Soundtracking and how um, Take On Me is my all-time favorite cover and I said you know that's what I really liked about when I was doing metal covers is that you find something that is kind it's obscure enough that people won't automatically be like oh I've heard a cover of this but it's not obscure enough that they're like I've never heard this song before so when we did say when when my metal band did Call Me by Blondie it's like obscure enough that people haven't heard it in like 10 years, the original, but then there's some recognizable, Oh wow. Oh my God, this song. Yeah. And that was always my thing was like figuring out a song that's just on that cusp of obscurity and then making it yours. And a lot of those later punk goes pops, uh, compilations were just bands doing like a song that was three years old.
2: Yeah. Towards the end it was songs that were still on the billboard.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. And also, if they're, if you're doing a, uh, a a song that's already a pop song, like that's a pop song with kind of a little bit of pep and some distortion, you're not really doing a cover. You're just, yeah. I mean Or you're not there doing was, an interesting cover. There was a lot of weird stuff. Like I also don't understand how
1: flagpole sitta by Harvey Danger ends up on a Punk Goes Pop album as opposed to a Punk Goes 90s album. Because that is way more of a
2: 90s song than a pop song to me. Do you remember I texted you guys because I forget what the name of the newest Punk Goes album was, but it was a pop punk hardcore-ish band covering brand new? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's some weird shit in there. Anyway, so Take On Me, great cover is what we're getting at. Um, It's immediately followed by one of my favorite bands that never really got big, Nerf Herder. uh, Don't hate me because I'm beautiful.
0: I sing this song to Meg all the (laughs) time. Oh my God. This is my all-time favorite Nerf Herder song. I just really, I think Nerf
1: Herder is, they're not like, they're not a good band. Like, I feel like I have to preface with like, none of them are like, stupid talented so cool. musicians but that's kind of the charm is that it's just good dorky music that song Van Halen is so fucking catchy and funny I love that song I love um,
0: Pantera's Stands in Love Pantera Fans in Love is great and 5,000 Ways to Die 5,000 Ways to Die is their second best song yeah yeah.
1: oh it's so good Like I they actually, just I, have...
0: I'm opening up my uh, I need to look at my Nerf Herder uh, stuff in iTunes because I know I'm forgetting something uh,
1: their newest album has is really, really good. Uh, Rockingham.
2: They're still making music?
1: Uh, yeah, they reunited not too long ago. Let me read you. Um, <laughs> the song titles on their newest album are, like, fantastic. Uh, on Rockingham, it has the following song titles. Um, Portland, At The Con, The Girl Who Listens to Rush, Allie Gertz, We Once Opened for Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie got married. I'm the droid that you're looking for. Ghostbusters three. Doctor Who photo uh, stock photo girl. And close your eyes and dream. Um, but yeah, the the we open for Weezer song is so fucking good because like as funny as that title is, it's actually a it's actually like a really touching song about like hey, like, we've never made it big, but we got to do a lot of really cool things, and that's made this journey, like, super worth it for us. Like, and it's this very, like, motivational song about, like, fucking just do it. Like, go out and do it. Like, you never know what's going to happen. You could open for Weezer one day. <laughs> um,
2: so there's a psychopath out there that loves this movie more than we do, which is insane. Because my friend was texting me the other day when I told him I had to do the soundtrack. Every song about this movie that he just kind of knew off the rip. We started doing quotes. He's like, yeah, me and my best friend growing up really knew this movie. He was way better than me, because he knew all the um, sports, like the team changes, and he and he uh, knew the, the sack race off the top of his head. And I was like, I don't remember. I was like, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I don't remember a sack race. And he sends me this long clip of like the sports announcers just like talking about the finals and it's like five minutes long and just like and then if it's a tiebreaker it comes down to a sack race and I was like are you fucking kidding me
0: (laughs) I love that that the, the announce so I don't give a shit about sports like I make no bones about how little I give a shit about sports Um, I actually actively despise sports because people give money, they spend hundreds of dollars to go see a baseball game but they won't spend five dollars to see a band play. It's like Oh, can I get in free? Well, fuck you! You spent three hundred dollars on season tickets to see the Browns, you know, <laughs> like the worst team in history.
1: That's that's why I like minor league baseball games, where the highest ticket price is about
0: ten dollars, and if you show up after the third inning, you just get in for free. <laughs> no, that's, don't, that's not you know, the like, reason why you like minor league. You like minor league because there's things like midget wrestling. Yeah,
2: they're great.
1: Yeah, that well, that that helps. Uh, there was the monkey rodeo recently.
0: <laughs> where okay, that's monkeys up. riding dogs. That is that is inappropriate. (laughs) That is animal cruelty. I do not support that. You think I am joking? Stop laughing.
2: (laughs) I went to a minor league hockey game, the Phantoms, and it was old school night, and they had Blue from old school there. And in halftime, he sang "Dust in the Wind," and was like, "Join us next week for Beetlejuice night." This was when I was like thirteen. And this, okay, guy's yeah, t- this shows did. how old it is. It said, join us next week for Beetlejuice night. And it just had pictures of Beetlejuice from Howard Stern. Like, they just got, like, the most obscure people <laughs> to show up to minor league <laughs> events.
0: They're like, here's 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: The amount of times that I've gotten emails from the local minor league baseball team where it's like, hey, this B-list professional wrestler is going to be signing at the game. And then friends of mine will go and it's like the dudes just shoved in between like a Chickie and pizza and a dipping Dog stand at a table. Like, <laughs> it's not, like, like oh, it's so I, I feel like there's part of me that'd be like, I hope I'm famous enough to be asked to a minor league game, but yeah. I'd also turn it down. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Well,
2: like, <laughs> you gotta look at. You got to look at minor league games. Like if someone invited you to go to whatever it is, the Carnival of Souls or whatever the ICP festival is. It's like you don't care yeah, about the, don't yeah, the, the gathering, right? You don't care about yeah. the event. You don't care about anything that's going on in the event. You're not even going to watch the event. You just want to people watch, you just wanna watch people and watch like the weird side things. that <laughs> Matt, I know you'd catch a few sets, but like aside from you, I'm talking like <laughs> uh,
0: <For> you. <laughs> he'd be camping <laughs> the
1: out in front of the stage. Uh, so, next on this album, I was shocked how much I like this song. Tonight by Deep Blue Something. If this is what Deep Blue Something actually sounds like, then I might be interested in listening to more Deep Blue Something, because I
2: always just knew them as the Breakfast at Tiffany's yeah. band. But this song kind of Yeah, this song's awesome. It's got, like, a Stroke 9 feel to it, which I like. Yes, it yeah.
0: Does. <laughs> like, oh, stroke 9 is, like, now that's a band that we need to talk about. But see, I what I want to try to figure out is, like,
1: is... Is Breakfast at Tiffany's what Deep Blue Sea normally sound or Deep Blue Deep Something? Blue, norm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what Deep Blue Something normally sounds like? But they realized they were on an album with all like pop punk bands, so they want it to go a little bit more pop punk. Or are they like a pop punk band that just happened to have this one cheesy hit? All like the Goo Goo Dolls before they became famous. Like I don't know which. The one most it is. common
2: occurrence, and I have never listened to Deep Blue Something. I really want to see Deep Blue Sea. Is usually their hit sounds oh, nothing life. like them.
0: So yeah. hopefully it sounds more I'm like I'm curious, this. but
2: all I can think about now, all I hear in my head is just Dave Chappelle yelling, "Deep blue sea, they ate me! A <laughs> fucking shark ate me! <laughs> 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 it's like, bitch, day, day. dude!
0: That is college." <laughs> oh, again, all and we by did the way, was quote Chappelle's show? It was a great. And if, show if we to want to talk
1: about Stroke Nine. If we want to talk about Stroke Nine, I think we might need to throw the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back soundtrack on the list oh, yeah. of movies this to got, discuss. That's fine. <laughs> that's got the best Stroke no, Nine song. Yeah. We, we,
0: Wait, we, what's agreed. the best? What's on It. How many people want to
1: kiss some asses?
2: You know mine. <laughs> I do. I do. Because it's the same as Megan's. So you know mine. Little black yeah.
0: yeah. Dude, I don't know if Megan could pick a favorite. Um, They're a great Little band because she she
1: loves those guys. So the next song on this album uh, is one of the more iconic songs from the album. Even though I've never heard of this band besides the song "The Super Suckers" with Psych Son- Out.
0: Ow! Ow you're dude. going down! I'm a no class of <laughs> a It's when they're getting drunk with the yeah. kid.
2: <laughs> I loved this fucking song as a kid and I'm so glad we're doing the soundtrack because I need to find the song now. It's so fucking you so Matt
0: sent up.
1: it to you. Right, I sent you the entire uh, soundtrack. I have it on my iTunes.
2: I mean via like Spotify. I gotta look it up to see if it's on oh, Spotify. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, fair.
2: <laughs> um so, I mean,
1: there's not much else to say though. The song's just great, yeah. but it's it's the most clearly written for this movie <laughs> song. Oh, thing. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So So, the, I want to. I meant to mention this earlier, but we got sidetracked with whatever. And um, so, this is one of my all time favorite comedies. I think that it's it's a three way tie basketball, super troopers, and 40 year old virgin. Now, the reason I mention that is because. In Super Troopers, you know the first song that plays is "Geez Louise by The Unband? I think that that and Psyched Out would be great on a 45, like one on each side, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know? Because they're very similar songs. You know what's insane? I just went to add to see if I could find this on um, Spotify. This band has mm-hmm. 20 fucking albums. There's what? like two or three Jesus. live, but in total, there's 20 fucking albums on Spotify of this band. So I'm not going to do my research now to figure out what album this song is on.
0: No, I bet that it's not and on man, any it's album. just that on the soundtrack. Really
2: That's insane. So
0: the next
1: song I actually, the next song I actually don't remember, nope. um, Plast- Plasty Scene Lemon Yellow. Um, I don't remember it from I, the movie. Yeah, I don't remember from the movie. I don't even remember from the soundtrack that I listened to last night. <laughs> um, so, we're going to go ahead and skip to like. So, this Soul Asylum song, I will still be laughing. Damn, how, do they, how do they keep coming up? They were a soundtrack band, dude. But here's the thing I'm listening to the song in my car and I'm liking it. But I feel like I've heard it a thousand times before to the point that I was convinced it was a cover, but it's an original, so I think it's just the closing credits song maybe. Um, and I've yeah. watched this movie so much that it's been, like, I recognize it. But, like, Soul Asylum, I think that that was what their gift was. The gift of Soul Asylum was that they were very good at writing a closing credits yeah. song. Like, their songs have a very, like, oh, it's time to get up and go feel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's, uh, <laughs> proud <of. laughs> because they do the closing credits song for clerks which is like all of the songs they've done for soundtracks are better than any song that they've put on their actual albums which is a very depressing thing to know but um, yeah i like i will still be laughing i was like this song's not bad but i was a lot happier when i got past it and got to cherry pop and daddy's covering jump in the line shake shake shake, shake sonora from beatles this is the fireworks yeah, theme, so right
2: yeah, this okay, is where he's a giant
1: pineapple.
2: Ah, <laughs> yeah. And yes. they just start making out. What a uh, great scene. It made so many people uncomfortable.
0: Oh, man. In So I've watched this movie maybe not 100 times, but I think I've probably seen it 50 times. And I I, I am doing my best not to just quote it incessantly and be an annoying prick right now. Um, but, yeah, the – uh oh, God. We used to quote this
2: shit. Dude. Obsessive Is that scene? Dude, bro. <laughs>
0: Dude! dude. <laughs> yep, okay. yeah. Just his
2: face when he when he goes, dude! the <laughs> Trey Parker's face is just taken back.
0: <laughs> but I think that I think that my favorite line might have to be when he goes, Dude, I love hostels. He goes, No, you don't, you have Taco
1: Bell. <laughs> I'm trying to find the one quote that's from this scene. Um, And it's very hard to scroll through this wiki page quickly enough to find it. Uh, Oh, there it is. I found it. Uh, Squeak's entire speech where he just says, Would you guys take a minute and look at yourselves fighting on the mookalaka board? (laughs) God. It's like, uh, if you've forgotten what basketball means to America, then you only have to look at this board. The Mukalaka (laughs) Balance Board of Trust. (laughs) I just love... This movie... I'm kind of on the same... I'm not as anti-sports as Scott, but I'm definitely not a sports person. But if there was a... Like, if basketball was a legitimate televised sport, and right now ESPN is airing the Cornhole Tournament, so I don't feel like it's that far out of reality, I would watch... The shit out of the actual basketball league because it—if
2: it's like this movie, it seems like it would be out of control. Like it would just I even... thought we
0: said no more journey psych out yes.
2: <laughs> I would actually play. I think it's the one professional sport I could play. That's because, the point, though. Yeah. Is that is
0: for a bunch of out of out Jay of, uh, yeah. dudes and like, I mean, it's it's baseball. It's baseball because baseball is for fat dudes that can't like run. Yeah. You know. it's
2: but yeah, I'm really good, so no one can get to me. You can't really psych me out um, because I'm just stuck in a depression. Um, and then <laughs> I heard you're going out with Squeak, and then Here, I'm just on a downward yeah. spiral as it is. Yeah, so. yeah you're not going to tell me anything I don't know. Um, and then I had a <laughs> I had a basketball net in my driveway growing up. I didn't have friends, so I am really good at shooting a basketball but I'm not really good if someone's there to try to slow me down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, as long as no one's trying to stop the ball from going in the hoop, I can get that ball in the hoop pretty easily. (laughs) No problem. All right, so the next two songs on the soundtrack, I, uh, again, like the plastic, plastic scene, uh, Song I just don't remember them at all. Like even from my listen last night, uh, there's Luchi Lou and the the Mitchy one with the honeymoon is over. Um, I think I was taking a phone call at the time that this came on, so I missed this one entirely. It didn't sound that great. Uh, the Ernies, who I feel like I should know but I never listened to, have the song Motivate. Scott, were you into the Ernies? No. I think they're just a ska band, though, right? It sounds like a ska band name. Yeah, yeah, little ska they're band. They're like a reggae. on my the street. Little Skyband. Okay, this song is it's it's So fucking. Okay, but then, then, Real Big Fish comes back on the soundtrack oh, with Fear. The only yeah. song I
2: still <laughs> listen to within like the past month. This is this is on my playlist. I fucking love this song, and I've loved this song for over ten years.
1: I I mean I've I've said this before, and it's cliche. I I mean, turn the radio off is like top five favorite albums of all time for me. I can put that album on. And I can sing along with every song. I can sing along with the horn parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sing, like, it's like, I know this album note for note it's in so my good. head. Like, I, it's and like every, I don't even think beer's the best song on it. Like, I think, I think sleeper hit on this album is uh, I'll Never Be. I fucking love no, I'll no, Never Be.
0: Scott Tannick. Scott, Scott Tannick's great. Scott.
2: Um, <laughs> the cover of Suburban Rhythm, where they Wait, just do, you, do it in like that six that different genres. Oh, you're thinking are, about the, no, no, the yeah. live, the live yeah. performance yeah, with the cover, library. the live performance. Yeah. Where they do it in like six different genres is awesome. The yeah. very unfortunate yeah. thing is, this album is in your top ten. I guarantee you, every other Real Big Fish album isn't in your top 100. No, uh, cheer up is going to be up, up there.
0: We, we've talked about yeah. that before. Cheer up's I think that, really, that was really actually, good. I think that we might have done that one when we were waiting to meet up with Brian when we yeah. did. Um, uh, uh,
1: I I know what you did last summer. Soundtrack yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were talking. Um, we were just
0: talking about real big fish. But uh, be- my favorite real big fish is Why Do They Rock So Hard? Because I was gonna say I know that you love that album. That's just like an arena rock record. Because I really think the take on me was recorded during that same session or this like right before they started the recording session for that. Because it sounds. I thought
1: it was gonna be on it. Because it sounds like it I should do. be on that record. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it was a bonus yeah. track in like Japan. On that suited surprised me. But um, I'll tell you what, playing so I had a ska metal band in college that was trying to be Rx Bandits, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. but well, like the resignation Rx Bandits, not uh, their first record. Um, yeah,
1: where they were like a well, reggae band, <laughs> like.
0: yeah, yeah. Well, no, like actually, their later stuff is more reggae, they're more of like punk ska their first one whatever what's that record called that's got which
1: one those damn bandits or the halfway between halfway
0: between here and there yeah that one that's sorry their second record we're we're trying to be a little bit more like the resignation like way more political way more metal um but yeah like anyway we we covered beer nice real big fish Uh and she has a girlfriend now because we (laughs) had a lesbian drummer and then our guitar player would play drums and she and i would switch off between the vocals and she has a girlfriend now. And and that was in college, and we would just play parties, like house parties, and beer got people so fucking amped. Do you have <laughs> like I was in so, a metal band for a decade, and beer got people more amped than anything I ever did in a metal band? So so I have a question,
1: because I feel like all three of us at some point were pretty big ska aficionados in our lives. Oh, yeah. What is a ska band that you think like just was like left in the dirt and like must okay i think that's a fair one my like i would argue probably my second favorite ska band of all time and they only had like three records and they were never big is i fucking love the hippos
0: you've you've talked about the hippos and how much you love them yeah
1: oh my god their second album heads are gonna roll might be my favorite album of all time like just for how much i listen to it and sing along with it like i I used to, like, have an answer that was, like, a little bit more like, oh, yeah, no, I really like this indie rock band or whatever. But, like, no, if I'm being totally honest, my favorite album of all time is Heads Are Gonna Roll by the Hippos. It is so goddamn catchy. And it's just a ska ska band with a Moog keyboard player
0: just doing electronic shit. It's so good. It's so catchy. (laughs) Here's a band that I – okay, so two – well, Okay. Brian I know I already said mine And I want to tell you I want you to do yours as well But do you guys ever Do you guys remember Against All Authority? Yes Okay Against All Authority might actually be the band Like Mustard Plug was great And they were a legit ska band But I feel like Against All Authority Gets lost because they were like Street punk like rancid But they also had um, Horns And so maybe then they had like four or five records But I think that all Fall Down, which is their second record, I want to say, is an is a totally forgotten gem. They're on hopeless records, just like Mustard Plug um, and Dylan Jafor and and all the bands that I basically like cut my teeth on with punk. Uh, man, they opened. They were the opening band for the Sky is Dead Tour, which was like one of my favorite tours I
1: ever went to because it was uh, Against All Authority, and then it was Streetlight Manifesto, and then it was Less Than Jake, and then Real Big Fish, and that was like the tour. And I was like, wow. that is a gr- that's
0: fucking great lineup. Um, the only thing that blew me out, up- I got to see against authority one time at the old Peabody's in Cleveland, but I don't remember who the headliner was. It's, and it's going to bug the shit out of me. Oh, it was, Oh, fuck me. Was it suicide machines? Yeah. Oh, That's a great show. <laughs> yeah. It was suicide machines. And then there was some female fronted, like street punk type band that was playing after oh that's what sucked so bad was that it was against all authority played first and i was like these guys are legends why are they playing first and this was 2004 three or four i think it was 2004 um so they played and then this band from i want to say philadelphia or pittsburgh but they were called the code and they really wanted to be anti-flag i mean they're okay they're you know, whatever regional band. And then this, this female fronted band that wanted to be rancid slash the clash. And then it was suicide machines and nobody gave a shit about against all authority. And it really bummed me out. I feel like they were like one of those bands that's been around forever, but they're always
1: kind of been that band that you had to be in the know to yeah. like know of where like suicide machines, at least had
2: like a
0: few minor hits that people suicide were aware machines of They're way bigger than we give them credit for.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I was—I never really went through a huge ska phase like that, you know. Like I, I really—I like too sui- cool. No, I just you know I like I like Suicide Machines, which the, you could really debate them being ska. Uh, I like uh, those songs, you? and I mean, you kind of can. They're like ska without horns, almost. I feel is it, like, but d- isn't that still
0: a thing? You know, like I feel, yeah. I feel like it's still ska even if you don't have horns. I feel yeah. like, I feel like, but
1: I get what Brian's saying because Suicide Machines is also weird because I feel like depending on the album and depending on the songs, it's like a different Suicide Machines. Like you've got yeah. like a ska Suicide Machines album, and then like. Battle Hymns is almost more of a hardcore punk album uh, with a couple ska them, songs. Yeah.
0: I feel like they're more like an oi band. A lot of yeah, that point.
1: I think that's the best way to describe it. And then they have the kind of sellout album that I really like. Actually, the very pop punky self-titled
0: mm-hmm. album that they did. Wait, what's the what? Which one is that? I that's the one
1: with sometimes like... I don't mind. That's about his dog. Ah. Like, and I watch you sleep sometimes,
0: even though you never talk back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i buy you things sometimes because i don't mind i only oh okay that that explains it. i only have three records by them i have destruction by definition a mash and some gasoline and war profiteering is killing us all
1: oh dude you definitely need to get some battle hymns up in there
0: uh you might like the self-titled if you just pretend
1: it's not suicide machines it sounds nothing like them like it is a very mouth it's it's just a very like poppy 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 punk record yeah, uh, yeah.
0: So it sounds like gutter mouth. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll send you the the single from that.
2: Just yeah. Send me the Later whole on.
0: thing so I don't have to go looking for it.
2: I guess Fair the enough. only like true ska band that I that I was into that Matt showed me when I was younger because like as you can tell by the everything about me, I like things that are just <laughs> fucking bonkers. because so I was a, I was a huge fan of the Aquabats. For a oh yeah! State. Oh yeah! Because they were just fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. but, well, what's
0: your favorite Aquabats song?
2: uh you're gonna hate me because it's so cliche, but Super Rad. <laughs> I love Super Rad. Super Rad's, <laughs> super Rad's
0: great.
1: Super Rat's great. I mean, I think Fury of the Aquabats is a solid record. Like it's that's a pretty f- and I like that they like were able to drop the horns and kind of go for like a more surf rock sound, but still be yeah. a ska band. Um, all right. So speaking Matt, Matt, of ska, Matt, ska wait, bands, wait, what?
0: favorite Aquabats song, and then I'll tell you mine.
1: Okay, uh, it's probably Pizza Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: I have a three-way tie between Pizza Actually, no, 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 no. Is Sorry, it I lied. It's, it's No, it's a Play-Doh Land. I love that song. Okay, yeah. I think that Sequence Erase might be my favorite song by them, though. That is a great jam. But it's also not really a ska song. It's like kind of a metally surf song. Well, don't forget that Aquabats was on the Punk
1: Goes Metal album, and, and they, they did, covered like, a rock. song – and they covered a song that didn't exist. They just created
0: a fictional metal band Wait. and then wrote an original. Why yeah. rock is not a real band. No, that, 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 that song is, just, they just, that's <laughs> just an Aquabats original. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Let me see. Cause what was the band that it said? It was. Yeah. Cause the, here's what it says on the official wiki page, the song, why rock, the artist aquabats original artist was listed as leather pirate and then in parentheses it just says the aquabats <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that's that's so weird because that's all that that's an 18 year old chestnut that i'm just cracking up <laughs> and right now. uh so
1: speaking of ska bands that usually didn't have a lot of horns beer is followed by hopeless by goldfinger and goldfinger, oh, is, goldfinger is another band stuff. like they had like two or three flawless records but Goldfinger bothers me, and I was thinking about this. What? Why? But hear me out. Goldfinger bothers me in the same way that, like, Save Ferris and the Ataris bother me. Oh,
0: God, you're going to make an enemy out of me right now, aren't you? Which
1: is which is that there's no – the only the lead singer is the only original member of that band. And, like, I think that that's, like, fine, but I guess that there's, like, this part of me that's, like – it's weird to me that you've got, like, one set of bands where everybody knows every member, and they're very, like – no, like, you know, there's like that whole debate of like, is Blink-182 still Blink-182 if Tom's not in it, but Matt Skiba is but then like, with Goldfinger it's like, it can just be John and whoever the fuck he wants to be in his band and it's always going to be Goldfinger and I just think
0: that's kind of like weird to me like, well, okay, so so Mike Herrera is currently playing bass with them that's what I mean, like it's just a super group now I have no problem with that <laughs> I have literally no problem with this I don't know, man. I, I love Goldfinger. Uh, even their bad records are still entertaining. I don't... I'm just like, saying, right now, Goldfinger
1: is John Fieldman, Travis Barker, and Mike Carrera.
0: Like, that is not... That's
1: not Goldfinger. That's a... That's, a, that's just like a... Are you saying
0: that you wouldn't pay to see that? I would fucking no, pay to see that. I would
1: see that, but to me, it's like, that's not Goldfinger. <laughs> that is a super group. It's like, there's a difference. Man, you are a whiny baby. <laughs> I just... Because, because I think about, like simon wells the original bass player that formed the band with like all the original dudes like they're just like this isn't the band that we formed anymore like that kind of sucks like like at least i guess for me because it's like at least gwen stefani put music out under gwen stefani she didn't just keep putting out music and being like oh this is no
0: doubt still no that's not that is totally not comparable because gwen stefani's music is dance music which she was trying to inject into no doubt when they did um uh Hella good, whatever the fuck that record is. Um, yeah, but so so the style of her solo material is different than no doubt. That's the reason why she was doing it under her own name. But then the Goldfinger sounds the same. Yeah, the cameos on the new Goldfinger album are absurd. Side note: <laughs> I haven't listened to it. I didn't even I record.
1: I I just clicked into it. They put out a new album called The Knife, and it's you know, like I said, it's Travis Barker on drums and Mike Herrera on bass. Uh, but then it has a song featuring Josh from 21 Pilots. It has another song featuring Mark from Blink-182. And it has another song featuring Nick from 311.
0: <laughs> Nick Hexum, and I'm the one that knows about things. Because it takes two and we swangs. And it's time for the dub and we'll roll to the club and I know just what to do. I'm hitting in a freak mode. Thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> and apparently, and also the guitarist... From
1: uh, Mighty Mighty Bostones does a guitar solo in one of the songs.
0: Wow, because he never got to do one in Mighty Mighty <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: Yeah, it's just, that's so weird. Oh no, I was thinking about that the other day because I was just like, that's so fucking weird. Oh, and the other guitarist is a guitar player from Story of the Year in Goldfinger. But that is. That,
0: that is shocking to me.
1: <laughs> Alright, so the next song. Um, I can't remember how it goes anymore, but it's a Dicky song called Nobody But Me. And I believe it's a pair... Oh, I remember. It's a it's a cover. It's a cover that sounds like... Na-na, 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 na-na. It's like a 60s like dance song.
0: <laughs> um, I didn't know that was a cover. I always get that confused with uh, Nobody But Me by Save Ferris.
2: <laughs> you know sense. that song? Ooh. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> to, to, bring, to bring the attention, the first song we mentioned... I'm not saying it's a better cover but say Ferris come on Eileen is kind of up there with uh, real big Fish oh yeah cover. It's, it's
0: some it's it's one of the best but yeah. I I have to stand by my assertion that that uh, that take on me is the all-time greatest and that's even taking into consideration like um, anything done by by uh, um,
2: me First. Although, I, was, I was trying to think of the band that just covered songs. Was, yeah, me first I, well, reasons. I mean,
0: Taken on the Run is a really good cover, and I love their cover of Wild World, or... Yeah, Wild World, right? Yeah. Ooh, baby, baby, it's a Wild World. Yeah. Um, I love that, and I love I Believe I Can Fly, but I just don't think that those are, like, very creative covers, <laughs> you know? I feel like most of what Me First does is just they just do the same song over and over again. Yeah. No,
1: it's... um, I think that the the best comparable... Uh, the, the best song... There's two songs by, by uh, me first that I think are, like, to me are good enough covers that I would put them among, like, the best pop-punk covers. But uh, most of it is just the same song over and over and over again, with just different songs being sang over top of the riff. Um, but I really love... Uh, their version of, um, One Tin Soldier, I always thought was really, really fucking catchy, and, uh, I think it's on Blowing in the Wind, they did, uh, I Only Wanna Be With You, and I fucking love their version of that, the, uh, I don't know what it is that makes me oh, love yeah. you so, yeah. <laughs> like, but I feel like, Me, me First in the Gimme Gimme's is kind of a softball too, because they do so many 50 songs, and 50 songs just sound
0: great covered as uh, a yeah. punk song. Yeah, mm-hmm. why, why do you think I like... Punk, or yeah. why do you think I like 50s music? It's it's, yeah. it's the exact same shit. Did you ever hear yeah, it's um, so.
2: Bayside covers? Bayside's cover album?
0: No. What, they did a cover album? Oh, oh here we go. Yeah. Look it up. They is did... it
2: good, or am I going to be angry? For their cover of Moving Out is one of my by favorite who? covers by Billy Joel. Oh, I have heard that cover. I have heard that but cover. I, that is I a really do, good cover. They do oh, be my God. My they did a cover of Be My Baby. Yeah. Runaway, <laughs> Oliver's Army. Is me, it like... Runaway like. My Runaway. It's
0: only five songs.
2: Yeah, it's only. I have the an EP, vinyl. Yeah. I have the vinyl of it because I love Wait, it. So Wait, Wild, as- what, what Wild Night. Uh, Night is what's his name? Van Morrison. Van Morrison, Wild Night, Oliver's Army, mm-hmm. Elvis Costello, The renettes and uh it ends with Moving Out, which is like a fucking phenomenal cover. How
0: did I. This came out six years
2: <laughs> ago. You know who does my favorite version of Be
1: My Baby, though? And I think it's a band that's super underlooked all the time is the Dolly Rots. Does a really good version of Be My Baby. <laughs> I do
0: not know. Because Be My Baby is one of my favorite 60s girl group songs of all time. I love it's the Ronettes.
2: Yeah, like I, I yeah. love all their fucking big hit songs.
0: Yeah, I, the the Ronettes are like forgotten
2: under the screens, yeah, you know? Which, which is sad because like they're the face of like the 60s in my mind.
1: <laughs> um, all right, so we got one last we got one last song on the soundtrack we're going really long on this one uh so another cover uh smash mouth doing why can't we be friends um which i feel like this Not cover appeared cover. in a lot of movies uh i gotta be honest man the first smash mouth album is a good record uh fushio mang when they were just a ska punk band before they started doing yeah. just generic pop music is a yeah. really good record um i remember loving uh i forgot what the song's called but it's them basically singing all Italian stereotypes about being in the mob. And I used to fucking love that um, And Walking on the Sun. We've talked about it on other episodes. Walking on the Sun is a good jam, dude. Like, I can guess which episode. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hardly wait. Soundtracking, yep. yeah. Um, but there's a few songs that are worth shouting out that are that appear in the movie that uh, aren't on the soundtrack. Uh, first one, right out the gate, Scatman oh, yeah. <laughs> by Scatman John. When they sold uh, <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then we've got uh, Roses Are Red by Aqua, which I don't remember where this is in the movie, but the fact that there's a song by Aqua in it oh, makes total yeah. sense. Um, and of course, the iconic Warts on Your Dick song by DVDA. Uh, so, Scott, I know you wanted to talk about them. The floor is now yours. <laughs> <laughs> Your
0: life is spinning out of
2: control <laughs> The world is out to get you
0: Nothing seems right uh, Everything's wrong Nothing seems right
2: Dude, uh, DV <laughs> We gotta do a fucking
0: orgasmo So that I can do the next Now you're a man A man, a man, a man Dude, the
2: best, the best in that is what makes a man? Is it the woman in his Whoa, arms oh. just because she has big titties? Or is it the way Wait, he fights he every fights day?
0: day? No, it's probably the titties. Right. <laughs> this movie is so much better. Well, basically the movies the Trey Parker and Matt Stone made are so much better than anything they ever did with South Park.
2: Like one hundred percent. Like, don't get me wrong. I I fucking love South Park. Even the South Park movie.
0: I was gonna say
1: the South Park movie is probably the best thing that they've ever done with South Park as well. Like, they just, I think it's. But the special thing is with Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and it's something that as I've become more and more of like a musical fan in general, is that they have such a legitimate. Love of musicals that when they write songs, they're so intelligently written Mm -mm. to like specific standards. Like the South Park musical works as a legitimate musical, and it's why like Book of Mormon is so good. I never saw it,
2: I want to see it so bad.
1: I've listened, I've listened, I want to see it too, but I've listened to the soundtrack and it's like flawless. And then you've got like their love of cheesy 80s hair metal, so when they do like America fuck yeah and now you're yes. a man like it's it's and that extra touch where like people have done shitty 80s hair metal songs before but it doesn't have that love that they clearly have for that genre.
2: And the one thing that I just love about them so much is as bonkers as they are in everything they write and they constantly push the envelope the fact that when they were shitting on Scientology, Scientology spent a lot of money on PIs to investigate them And they came back and were like, these are just two normal fucking guys. Like, they couldn't find any dirt on Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They're just two regular guys that wake up and go write a show or movie. And that's it. That's so cool.
1: uh, My favorite song that DVDA ever did, and I don't know how much South Park you've ever watched, Scott, but there's the episode that they did of South Park that is a parody of all of the 80s teen flicks and they cover won't you don't you forget about me and it is the best dvda song cuz they're just like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like it's like super out of tune like singing that song oh. so good
2: that's one of the best episodes of that show too <laughs> Do they do do they write twisted steel or is that a different band when uh i don't know when they're sitting sitting in line to get in the club at Orgasmo, and it's like the fucking German band, like Twisted Steel, Leather do Yeah Yeah.
0: Um, that's on the Orgasmo soundtrack. I, there's, I
1: feel like that could be a real song because because uh, Germany's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: uh,
2: like they did it's that by song the from band
1: Super Headset. Okay,
2: that's probably an
1: actual thing.
2: They're a California band. Or is that about, oh. something different? That's just headset. <laughs> is the headset a different band? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <the door> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's like, God, well, we were just talking about like weird techno songs the other day with uh Slackers, and there's just that SpongeBath song <laughs> that plays in America. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's so oh. good. It's just a techno beat and the guy going,
0: Spongebob. <laughs> like over and, over <laughs> and another band that did great um, German techno industrial band is uh, Reggie and the Full Effect, which we've talked about on soundtracking before, right? Dude.
2: Yeah. I saw Reggie and the Full Effect live opening for um, today and say anything. And it was Th-
0: that was that set. Yeah. Awesome. I saw that. Yes. too.
2: When he dressed up like a sexy cop. He just yeah, like oh, yeah, comes
0: out. And he does. Was that love reality?
2: Uh, yeah. Love reality. I missed oh him. God. You saw him around Christmas time. So I'm sure he made it yeah. then a Dennis Santa thing. I saw him rape. Right yeah. He made them
0: all dressed up as fucking Santa's elves. And then he took off his Santa costume. He's like sweaty and fat. he's like, that is one of the most unattractive men I've <laughs> Dude, ever seen in real life.
2: They're <laughs> so dedicated because I saw them probably about three weeks before you. And they were all dressed. He was dressed like a turkey and they were all dressed <laughs> yeah. like pilgrims and shit. Cause it was right before <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> Oh, What's your God. favorite Reggie in the Full
0: Effect song?
2: Oh, I never listened to him. I just saw him live. So I'm out. Uh, okay. uh, Matt,
0: <laughs> Matt, Matt, you tell me and then I'll tell you. Let me go through my Reggie. My, real quick.
1: Mine is so stupid, but I love their cover of Raining Blood by Slayers yeah. so much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, they, they played it live the first time I saw them because they were touring. Because, you know, it's just the guy. I don't know what his real name is, but the guy that was that, that is Reggie. Um, yeah, he plays keyboards for Get Up in, Kids. So that was his whole thing. Yeah. yeah, like, but he, um, so it's it's him, and then he just gets his friends and other more famous bands to be his backing band, or at least that's the way it used to be. He had from uh from Autumn to Ashes as his backing band once, <laughs> it was, and it was the weirdest show because the reason that I went was because I wanted to see Dillinger Four because I was like, these guys are never gonna come to Ohio again because they're all old fat punk dudes that are running the triple rock now so um i uh in in milwaukee so i i went to see them at a venue in cleveland and it was like it was just reggie and the dillinger four i think or no maybe, maybe there was um i think that the uh who's that band that does i think my baby is a communist um that i don't know <laughs> uh the the briefs so as the briefs opened, and then Reggie and the Full Effect did a double set where they did all three of their fake bands because, you know, there's the techno – oh, there's Reggie and the Full Effect. There's the techno band, and then there's Dwarf Invasion, I think is the name of the German industrial thing. And they came out in different costumes for each one. And so it took like an hour and a half for them to do their set. And then 204 came on, and he's was great. But um, so I got to see them do uh, – Shit! Oh no, Reggie was the headliner because Dillinger Four played right before them. That's right. Um, but I so my favorite Reggie song, I think, has to be. Oh, um, oh, god damn it! It's on under the tray. Um, Congratulations, Smack and Katie. Yes. yes, yeah, that I is a great song. song. Uh, Mood for love is great. I sing that song to Megan all the time the part where it's like you know there's a time in every boy's life when he has to make a decision involving women or girls <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then um my favorite uh dwarf invasion song is um deathnotronic off of songs not to get married to okay you know like this beat is this beat is this beat is Deathnotronic. that one and then they're off tempo like all the time <laughs> yeah Matt that, that band is so underrated and hilarious <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God all right that well that's all we have to say <laughs> yeah, yeah that's uh that's soundtracking uh you know we went off topic as as is tradition yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh we'll be back I'm sure next month with another soundtracking episode because
0: you know I think it's my favorite of our bonus shows oh me too I love growing up Kelly but basically or the soundtracking ones. We just, I feel like I learn more about you guys through music than I do through your embarrassing childhoods.
2: Geekscape Network.